Welcome to the Barbells and Briefcases podcast, the official business and fitness podcast. Our guest today is Chad Cole. Chad is the owner of CrossFit Apollo, a CrossFit gym here in Las Vegas. He's also an accomplished athlete. He competed in the 2015 CrossFit Games finals, finishing in 20th place. Chad's also uh, new to fatherhood as he just had his first child. Uh, Chad, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. We're also here with John Miller, my partner in crime. Yo, yo. So, for our listeners that don't know who you are, Chad, give us a little quick little background of uh, who you are. I know you through high school, obviously, uh-huh. um, but for our listeners that don't know who you are, give them a quick little insight. Um, I'm pale and awkward. <laughs> um, same. <laughs> that's that's me in a nutshell. Um, nah, I'm <laughs> I'm a Las Vegas native, uh, born and raised here. Um, played baseball growing up. Eventually got into CrossFit um, as just as a thing I did with my family in our garage, and eventually kind of turned it into a company. Um, and since then, qualified for the CrossFit Games, competed there. Stepped away from that once I feel like I had accomplished all I wanted to there, and uh, moved on to getting married, having a, a small family now, a growing family, and uh, continue to kind of pursue a few different, uh, I guess, potential businesses. Okay, like yeah. expanding. Yeah. Bef- when you got into CrossFit, because I didn't, I didn't really know what CrossFit was mm-hmm. until, you know, maybe, I don't know, several years ago. Yeah. Was it known as CrossFit when you got into it? Yeah, it was. Okay, uh, so it was already Yeah, so back When was it founded? Two, well, it's like 2000. Yeah, 2007, I believe, is when the, the website was created. Okay. Uh, although I know, like, the founder, Greg Glassman, had started CrossFit at least um, well before that. Uh, at least he said he was doing it for a while before that. But uh, for us, I got into 2009 is when I started it. Okay. It's interesting because uh, the, the founder of CrossFit doesn't, like, he doesn't really, like, you wouldn't think that he would, like, do it himself, you know? Yeah. I don't think he really looks like a CrossFitter. Is that right? <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. And that's for sure. But that's what's I think, so cool about it is that CrossFit really is for anyone, as long as it's being done correctly. Like the, the program is, is meant to be, um, it's meant to meet the athlete where they're at in their fitness journey. Mm-hmm. And so Greg Glassman as a, as a, uh, as with some disabilities, uh, he, he's able to still kind of maintain his fitness and health and wellness um, by doing a CrossFit program that is tailored towards his ability. So, um, so uh, yeah, but then also you can get like the fittest athletes in the world according to CrossFit standards, and uh, and it, it really can be for anybody. Okay. Yeah. What do you, so you recommend it to to anybody? What what, yeah. what are the normal you know people that walk in? Oh man. You know what what do you see the most of like? Well, the most I was I mean. It's really for anybody can do it. it. Anybody can do it. And this isn't like a sales pitch. This is just, I really think you should just do what, what you love to do and what you enjoy doing. If that's Zumba, it's Zumba. If that's yoga, it's yoga. If it's boxing, CrossFit, anything. boxing, whatever, man. Whatever gets you active. Like when I see uh, someone walking on the street with little weights in their hands, you know, hell yeah. yeah Great for you, something. you know. Yeah. But if you think that CrossFit uh, is going to be something that you will enjoy and it's going to keep you active, then go for it. Um, as far as the people we see in this gym, I mean, we see, we've seen people that are upwards high 300 pounders. Uh, we see people that are some of the fittest athletes in the world. We see our grandmas and we see our teenagers. Like it's, it's everything in between. Yeah. Yep. So when you, at what point did you realize I'm going to open up a, I'm going to open up my own gym? Well, I was 20 at the time and I was going to the college at UNLV, uh, local university here. And what were you going for? 
business management. Okay. Uh, I was finishing up my junior same, year. Same as us too. <laughs> it's such a, like a, like a bullshit, like it's, it's the most useless piece of paper I probably own. You know what you do when you have, when you're going for that degree or like communications, like you don't yeah. know what you're doing with your life. Uh, common like, yeah. one. Yep, yeah. Exactly. Let's, let's go do that. Sure. <laughs> or, uh, uh, it's, it's so broad that it's useless. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I think people assume, Oh, you, you went for business management. Now you're a business owner. Yeah, it didn't help me at all, and I had no idea I was going to do this once I decided to start that. Um, but uh, I forget what we were talking about. <laughs> well, how did, how did you get started? With, how did the, the gym come to be? Okay, yeah. So, I mean, just working out my garage um, with my dad at first, and eventually kind of grew to different family members. And then a couple people from church came over, some family and friends and cousins. And um, it ended up growing to a really small group. So I was like, hey, like, a lot of people don't know what they're doing. I don't really know what I'm doing either, but I think I know more than them. Let's do a class. Throw a class and see how it goes. I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll like it. I threw a class. I had no idea what I was doing in this class in my garage. And I was trying to teach people without really knowing how to communicate anything. The very limited knowledge that I had at the time. And, uh, but it was cool. Like, uh, how many people? It was, it was a group of like five women. Okay. Um, just women. It was like I had a, a girlfriend at the time, like her friend, and like these three random girls. I had no idea who they were, but somehow they got them. They heard about it. What's crazy about it is three of those random girls are members today. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, and it wasn't until Loyal like six years later. We were open for like four years. I'm like, where have you girls been? Anyways, they eventually made their way in. But um, anyways, it was it was a cool thing, man. They were brutally honest. They told me basically that I wasn't great. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, they told me all the things I need to work on, and I appreciated that. Uh, and then from there, it kind of blossomed. Uh, so I started writing a business model when I was in my junior year. And uh, I ditched classes and went writing it. Really? Yeah. And then um, just dropped out. And I was like, hey, I, I know what I want to do. Um, I have nothing to lose. I have no family. I have the time I'd still live with my parents, if it fails, it fails. Like mm. I had nothing to lose. I think now if I were to do the same thing, I would, you know, hesitate a little bit more. It's a little scarier now. With, with the family. The family. Yeah, yeah. For sure. More to lose. But uh dude it worked out. Mm. With how did your parents take uh you know you dropping out of out of uh, a school? They never seemed to care. We only had two people graduate from college. Plus seven kids. Um and uh they, they didn't care. In fact, they, they, I actually parted up with my parents to open up. And so, um, well, so they're like, all right, son, you're going to drop out of school and we're going to mess with you. That's like <laughs> going to do this little dream situation. <laughs> well, it was around 2008. And if whenever anyone hears 2008, they know that it was just, it was shitty. Shit. Yeah. That was, that was the year I graduated from college. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect year to get oh, a job. Oh, it was the best, best, <laughs> best time in, in life to be looking for a job. That's great. Doors were opening left and right. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. Oh man. Um, my dad, uh, my parents had owned a construction company almost 30 years. They were extremely wealthy, uh, did very well, and then in 2008, lost everything. I mean, everything. Uh, shortly afterwards, um, and so like my dad uh, could keep it going, but just he wasn't into it anymore. I could tell he wanted to retire even before the crash, and then it just it kind of took the steam out of mm. steam out of everything for him. So uh, when I was like, hey, let's open up a gym, they're like, sweet, let's just do it, whatever. Um, so we went for it. Wow. Yeah. So what was the initial investment or? It, what very like little honestly it wasn't did that you start much. here yeah this is it wow. it, was, it was a much smaller location it was be half of this okay. um and then we've expanded oh hence all the doors 
Yeah. 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 We've expanded a few times. Um, but, uh, yeah. So the initial investment was around, I want to say $37,000. Um, and that started off as a loan, uh, for me, my parents brought in all the capital and then I paid them back, um, with very quickly to get that. So we were even partners. Um, and then, uh, but the hard part about it wasn't the initial, like $37,000. It was the, our l landlord wanted proof that we could pay for essentially pay out our lease if we bailed on it mm -hmm. and so we had approved like five years of income mm -hmm. and so that was the hard part is getting that in the bank account so they could say hey we're going to take that if you us so that was that was the biggest barrier to entry i think gotcha and then day one i mean how, how'd you start marketing this is right around like social media kind of so it kind of helped a little bit yeah you know i actually what were you saying or oh no, no we'll get into that we'll get into that go back <laughs> go back to that thought <laughs> <laughs> i've never marketed uh i've never tried to um it's one i wouldn't be good at it wouldn't know what to do um it's all been word of mouth wow. um and so where we have focused is purely on product mm. um, not just like the quality of coaching and quality of our of our space but what we value more than anything is the interactions with people. It's, I, I tell people all the time, they were asked, that I'm in the business of relationships. Fitness is secondary, right? Mm -hmm. So people come here for, for the interaction, the accountability, yeah. the relationships, and they leave being really fit. Oh, it's, it's, it's a, a community is, is essentially what we're selling. That's fire. I hope you guys are taking notes on that one. That's fire. <laughs> so what you were, you were saying a little bit earlier, and I want to kind of bring that back into topic, mm -hmm which was before the podcast started, was when did CrossFit blow up here yeah. in the world, you know, or, you know, when did it kind of blow up on the scene? So when we opened up in 2011, we were one of the first 10 gyms, I believe, in Vegas. Um, and then I, I want to say that around 2012, probably 13, is when it started hitting like ESPN, I think. Like the okay. CrossFit Games, and it, maybe that's coincidental, but around that exact same time, it blew up. And so, at one point, there was, I want to say, fifty CrossFit gyms here in the Vegas Valley, and so it grew like crazy. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's super popular. I would say in about thirteen or fourteen. Okay. Mm -hmm. How many? This is a cool number over what you were saying. It, it blew up. Started with ten. You yep. were one of the ten. It blew up to fifty. Yep. And now it's tapered. Off and mm -hmm. yeah, and you, only the strongest survive kind of thing. No exactly, pun intended. Man. It's it's uh, it's in the low 30s, I believe now. It's okay. definitely dropped quite a bit, and I actually think that number will continue to decline, um, mostly because I think people realize it's not as you have to be really good to profit to be very profitable. Because the thing is, like, you have to in order to have good quality, you ha you have to have good coaches. To have good coaches, you have to pay them well. And if you don't want to pay them well and you still want to have good quality, you better hope that you're a really good coach. And in that case, you're coaching all day. Now you have no life. Right. right? And so one of those two avenues, um, either you have no good coaches and then you lose business because of it, or you're doing all the coaching and you eventually just give up because wow. it's exhausting. Um, so you got to find a way to make good money to pay your coach as well, mm. so that way you keep in quality um, employees. That's, I love that. And what was your best strategy for doing that? Focus on the product, focus on the relationships. Um, just it, kind of all the way around, it's both not for your one employees thing. and for, yeah. your, for your customers. For your one, 100%, it's, it's so hard. Um, it all turned for me 
uh, for, for this gym. And, and I just want to clarify, this is my mom and I, we, we are partners together. So anything that I'm saying that we did, it's, we did it together. Um, but uh, it was invested. We spent a lot of time with our coaches. Like for a while, I would say probably up and through 2015, we didn't have a coaches program, like a coaches development program. Uh, we just kind of hired people that, hey, you have a couple certifications? Cool, go coach classes. Mm. Uh, it's like me and the insurance industry. You got your license? Cool. Sweet, go. You got that's, two legs? Let's go. That's, that's what a lot of gyms here and like any 100%. gym will do is, oh, you, are you certified? Do you have insurance? Hired. You can exactly. fog a mirror? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. You look really fit? Sweet, go coach them because they don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's kind of, that's the way we did it. And I think that's the way a lot of gyms either used to do it and some continue, continue to do that. And it's um, as soon as we are like, all right, we're, we need to hire the best people. Um, and um, and uh, I, once we started doing that and then spending time with them, I created a coaches program uh, where I developed coaches with our same philosophies, my mom and I's philosophies on what we want this to be, community-driven first. Um, and, uh, and then uh, we paid them well. You know? and, then, and that- Like above what the average- Above what they'll get paid anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I believe our coaches make more than any other CrossFit coach. You guys put Valley. yourselves last for like a very long time. 100%. Bam. Like, um, it's been a while since I've even taken a pay increase. Because what, what I know my job security is, job security of my, my employees. Um, so that's not to say that I don't, that I'm like scrounging for money by any means, but anything that we get is pushed towards them. Um, that way everyone's happy. Yeah. You're happy? I'm happy? Yeah. How have you attracted that, that talent, you know, and, and how many, I mean, I, here's a question. How many people have you fired? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> Dude, and by the way, the worst thing in the world. What? I hate doing it. Oh, it's, it's, um, it never gets easier. I, I made a goal. So a few. <laughs> uh, right around that same time that I realized, hey, what we're doing isn't working. Granted, we were still successful, but I just didn't, didn't wasn't the gym I wanted it to be. Um, we, I ended up having to fire a good amount of people at the same time, or just yeah, well, all in the same year. I remember firing like five people, mm. um, and uh, I was I was real with them. I told them why, and and I'm I, the conversation was so difficult. Like I remember, like knowing it was gonna happen all day in each one of those cases. And they like, <laughs> it's oh, like dude. when you look them in the eyes and you know what's about to happen. You're like, oh, they shit. know. <laughs> I know. They got a feeling you treat them differently. Dude, it's hard. But you know what's cool about it? Each one of those people, they had free memberships. Right? They were employees. I gave them free memberships. Each one of those people, once I fired them, came members. It wow. was. It went well. Wow. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a bad relationship at the end. So How many goodness. of the people that that you fired have insurance with you now? Oh <laughs> man. Oh, <hold> on. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. I don't think very many. <laughs> Not to say that I haven't had bad relationships, but that year it went well. Yeah. But in the moment, it was one of the hardest conversations. Some of the hardest conversations I've had. I think it's. I think it's good though because. You do both your, your business and yourself a favor, but you also do them a favor because they mm-hmm. might not be cut out for either that line of work or maybe yeah. your type of gym or your culture, yeah. and it kind of redirects them. Even though it sucks in the, in the short term, it always works out. 100%. Every job that hasn't worked out for us individually, you know, whether it's our fault or not, mm-hmm. something greater has come from it. I mean, you learn something from it, right? For sure. And to any of those people that I had fired, if they're listening right now, for real, they were they are, were, continue to be awesome people. Yeah. Uh, it just wasn't a good fit. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. 
So uh, talk about the, the the dynamic of owning a business with your mom and running it with your mom. What yeah. is that like? Well, it's uh, it's good because um, we uh, tend to have the same opinions. So it's fantastic. We don't butt heads. It, we originally started off as my dad and I were partners. Um, and I mean, my mom, my dad, and I were partners. Uh, but in around 2009, they got divorced. And essentially, was like, all right, who am I going with? Because mm-hmm. I'm still in it. One of you <laughs> has to go. That's awkward. Yeah, it was weird, man. Um, but uh, you know, my mom and I mesh better. You know, mm-hmm. it's and so we bought my dad out, and then it just became my mom and I. Um, my dad and I. Uh, we just didn't mesh. Like we had different visions of what the company was going to be. Are they both into working out as like? Yeah, my, my dad actually opened up his own CrossFit gym. Wow! Not even far from here. Wow! <laughs> yeah, you people are like they they wonder if there's like an issue there. Yeah, not even an issue. Um, wow! Yeah. yeah, and so there's there's enough people in our area that we're fine. Yeah. Um, and so he's successful, we're successful, and uh, we still have Thanksgiving together. Nice. We're 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 we have a great relationship. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's you know you're not used to those types wild, of like family, family dynamics. <laughs> well, I grew up in a family like that where my parents got divorced and they're still and they're like close. Yeah, yeah, and they're still yeah. really close. So like no, that's but, not but, that's not weird to me, but it's probably weird to a lot of people. Yeah, but the but the the almost I mean obviously there's an abundance mindset I'm sure like like we're all yeah. we're both gonna win pops. Yeah, mm-hmm. rising tide. But it's still kind of like if if there wasn't that abundance mindset, it'd be like you know, fuck you, dad, or, you know, I didn't always have that mindset. Let's be honest. (laughs) When he's like, he was looking for a gym. I was like, yeah, F you dad, whatever, go open a gym. I don't care. I don't need you. Like, you know, like he divorced my mom and it was kind of like a hard time, you know? And, and so I, I almost had something to prove. Like Mm -hmm. I can do this without you, like leave. And so it was definitely hard at first. And then, and then he was actually supposed to open up a gym, like on a different side of town. And then all of a sudden, Hey, I signed a lease like two miles down the road. I'm like, thanks, Dad. Great. And so I was like, it, even more kind of like built into it. Like, fine, go ahead. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Uh, you know, that's the initial thought. You know, that's you get angry, you get pissed off, uh, and you feel like you have something to prove. Uh, it's almost like you versus him type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, you want him to win, and he wants I want you him to win. win. He wants me to win. He, he and I, he's, we have great relationship, and you know, I think that came first and and I knew his intention wasn't to put me out of business yeah um, his intention was because he was passionate about this he wanted to do it and that's just you the guys location just, that you guys just sense. butted heads then yeah for a little bit I remember he was in one of my classes one time and uh, he was talking I'm going over some stuff and this is like shortly afterwards and uh he was still a member at the time. They hadn't opened up. And I'm going over like the snatch or whatever. Doing skill work with like a group. Of men, and he's like cracking jokes or something while I'm like trying to get command of the class. And I kicked him out. Like, get out. <laughs> I used a couple choice words. He didn't say anything. He just walked out. And I'm like, it was like a proud moment for me. But at the same yeah. time, I'm like, man, I just yelled at my dad. Yeah. Like, that's disrespectful. Yeah. So I go outside. Hey, sorry, dad. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there was definitely butting heads, but it's a good relationship now. That's cool, man. So if you could go back to 2011 mm-hmm. and talk to yourself in 2011, what would you tell yourself about running this place and open it? Um, I don't think, I don't, you know what? I'm happy where I'm at now. And so I, without the struggles, it's such a cliche. We talked about before the podcast about dumb cliche answers, mm-hmm. but you know, sometimes they're just true. Right. Is a, 
I mean, maybe, maybe there's some situations I would have handled differently, but in the end, like trial and error that we kind of got us to this point, like I learned a lot with yeah. it. Like you needed to go through that type of stuff. Yeah. And I don't think I would have listened to myself anyway. Right. I mean, like, shut up, man. Like <laughs> yeah. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I probably wouldn't have listened anyways. Cool. And then what would you tell somebody that came to you and wanted advice about opening their own CrossFit gym? Or, gym, would, or gym in general? Or, yeah. Yeah. I, I would... Um, I would, I would ask them to really contemplate that they like being a trainer, really like the interaction with people, or they want to be a business. It's hard to do both. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm lucky enough that I'm able to do both, but um, it's if you if you don't want to do the administrative stuff, mm-hmm. and if you really knew what that took, mm-hmm. um, and kind of kind of did your research on that, if you don't want to do that at all, become a trainer and get really good at it. Mm-hmm. Any different avenue to make money helping people. Right. Yeah. Um, but if you want to be a business owner in the fitness industry, tough industry, man. Especially as the the market's doing well right now. Yeah. Everyone's got a gym. Everyone's got something going on. It's it's a tough industry to crack. Wait till sure. wait till shit hits the fan. The real winner is kind of surface up to the top it's true man yeah i just i would just say contemplate it you know really kind of take your time don't make a rash decision i really like that because so many artists and like photographers and people like in those industries like they're really good at their craft and when they try to go into the business component of it it's hard Mm -hmm. like you know even uh you know i was watching you know jim shark you know the clothing apparel yeah um they really scaled because he i watched a little youtube video on him they scaled because he got into business with other people that knew actual business. And he was like, let me just focus on what I'm good at, which is creating good quality fabrics and, mm-hmm. and shit that works and, and fits on people. And had he not gone into business or with, you know, gotten some other partners, he wouldn't have scaled like that. Yeah. So I, th- I think it kind of touches on the same subject as far as being good as a trainer and yeah. good as a business owner two comp- completely different level of skills I agree don't For sure. don't force something that you don't like to do yeah I want to talk to you about the CrossFit games because I knew I went to high school with you and then I, I saw you at the, uh, the our 10 year reunion yeah we're old as fuck last year <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, and then I connected with you but about three years ago uh, about three years ago I was watching that documentary the the netflix yeah. um, crossfit games and you come up on the screen and i'm like i swear this motherfucker looks real familiar right here like i don't know where i know him from but he looks real familiar man and, I, and then yeah. your name popped up on the screen and i'm like wait <laughs> like i do know him uh-huh. and then but then i was like oh wait maybe i know his brother you know and then so all these things are going but regardless explain to our listeners what the what, what the crossfit games is yeah and what it entails how you got in how you prepared and how you executed? Yeah. Well, the CrossFit Games is the test of the fittest. And so CrossFit, um, they started in like 2007. CrossFit's called nine. The fittest male and female uh, through their definition of fitness. Uh, ready or unknown and unknowable. Right? You're ready for any task. And who can do it best? Right? And so when you don't know what the test is, who rises to the top? And so um, anything from like gymnastics to weightlifting to long endurance to short intervals type stuff. Essentially, any time domain, any physical task, um, 
are you prepared to do well and other people in the world? Uh, and so that's essentially the idea of it. Um, so anyways, uh, it starts off with the, the CrossFit Open. Um, at least it did when I was, and it's this online competition where 400 to 500,000 people signed up online to compete. Uh, and from there, they take top um, 20 or so region get regionals after that online competition. Um, so it's whittled down to a select. And then from there at regionals, um, the top five qualify for the CrossFit Games. So there's like seven equals at the time. So there's 35, or no, there's eight. So there's 40 men and 40 women that qualified for the game. So 500,000 or so whittled down to eight. Um, and uh, how much? And 80. So 40 men, 40 women. Okay, and how many was started? And then I, I want to say it's between 400 and 500,000. Yeah, it was quite a bit. All um, over the world. All over the world. Yeah. yeah so I remember there being some people from other countries. And I mean, uh -huh. there was a chick on that that was just like, Monster. Yeah. There was a chick that was like, would have beat my ass. Like, yeah. she, dude, <laughs> she could like have demolished me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, granted, they look a lot smaller in person. I'll tell you that. Okay, like, so it was just like the angles? Oh, yeah. Like, was, I mean, there, was a, there was a picture of me that CrossFit had posted uh, that year that I competed at the games. And all the comments were like, steroids, steroids. <laughs> and I was so happy. I was like, yes, I look like I do steroids. Um, I don't <laughs> but that, was it tested the whole thing yeah it's tested it's actually wow. uh, you know it's all urine tests so um it, it's it's with urine tests it's as rigid of a testing i think uh as they could have um because even now i, I compete in 2015 i'm every six months i have to tell them where i'm at for the next six months so that way they can test me at any time and i have zero intention of so um and they tested us several times at the games like randomly like after an event they pulled us into a room and we had a piss in a cup mm. so i would say so but they're still doing stuff i'm sure of it. yeah i've never seen it <clears throat> when there's that much money in a sport it's kind of hard to like say it's a clean sport yeah mm -hmm. people yeah. are doing stuff for sure uh but, uh it's not necessary to hit that high level uh because i did it mm -hmm. um and so i would assume the sport hasn't changed much since um, um so, so then so five hundred thousand yeah. dwindles down to, to uh, 20 Wait, uh, no. 40 men, 40, 40 women. 40 men, 40 women. Mm -hmm. And then we go to the CrossFit Games, and it's this, at the time it was in California, the Raiders, I'm sorry, where the Chargers play now, that stadium. It was StubHub at the time, something else. But um, compete there over a weekend, it was like a four or five day event. How many different events was it? I'd say it was like 12 or 13. Mm. Um, Stuff looked excruciating, by the way. Grueling. Like, like as I watched it, I was like, because everybody, especially like me, like I've done like I've done a Spartan race. I can do that shit. Yeah. <laughs> as I was watching it, I'm like, man, that looks horrid. You know, that looks painful. And then I tried the Murph, right? Mm. Or, or like, or my own version of it. Yeah. And it's hard. It's not easy. <laughs> it's tough, man. It's no joke. And the hardest part about it is that. Yeah, you have these events, and sure, anyone could do all of those events. But when you're doing it so, like every single event, you're trying to beat the person next to you, pushing to a different level, and it just hurts that much more. Mm. But but you're also, it's what you train for. So I loved it. It was a great experience. It was awesome. <laughs> so talk about the the training experience. You mentioned how like there's lots of different disciplines that you have to be good at, and yeah. like especially like viewing it from my perspective as a powerlifter, where. I'm doing three things over and over and over again, and I'm just getting good at those three things. As far as how how much effort and how much training did it take to get good at so many different disciplines and to be good enough to be a top 1% high-level athlete? I, yeah. I, you know, it's it took me seven years to qualify for CrossFit, and I was shit, you know, when I first started. Um, and so I just think 
you know, every day just trying to work on skills and stuff like that mm -hmm. over a period of time. And then I realized after a few years that, hey, I'm actually okay at this. Mm -hmm. And then you put in the extra work in, mm -hmm. uh, work on different disciplines, contact different coaches that kind of mm -hmm. know their thing in specific fields, um, and, and spending the time to really kind of develop yourself as an athlete. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, so it, it took me, it was a long process. Um, but once I had qualified for the games, I'd done that kind of on my own kind of piecing different kind of programs together and and uh, then once I qualified I knew that I had never competed at an event like the CrossFit Games so then I reached out to a coach and mm -hmm. got programming from them gotcha um, I knew I did not know what I was doing at that point point. and once you got qualified how often were you training once I qualified I trained um, twice a day twice a day um, yeah for, seven days a week no, I took some hard rest days. Like I would always rest on Sunday. Like I did not work out Sunday. Thursday was a swim day. Okay. Um, and then, so I worked out hard five days a week, probably twice a week, or gotcha. sorry, twice a day. Um, like hour and a half sessions. Yeah. Um, nothing crazy. You'll you'll hear a lot of different CrossFitters that will do way more than that. Right. Um, and uh, I could not do that. Mm -hmm. I, at the time, and I was still, I had a company, mm -hmm. you know, and um, yeah. and so that was, it was hard to balance. And so I could only fit it within those workout periods. Mm -hmm. Which skill took the longest for you to? Strength. Strength? Yeah. So at the CrossFit Games, I was the weakest athlete. So like looking at the numbers from when a strength event came up, shit, look at all these guys, strength, look at every single one of them. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get last. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's not just about strength. So like it took a while. Mm -hmm. um, so there was uh, 2012, I competed, well, I competed 11 and 12 at regionals. And then 13, I was like, you know what? I'm taking this year to get stronger. And so 2013, uh, all the way up until 14 at regionals, when I went back as an individual athlete again, I spent essentially a year and a half of just needing to get stronger. Did you bulk up too at that point? Not much, like maybe six pounds, okay. you know, nothing crazy. What did you compete at? Uh, so when I qualified uh, in 15, even before that, I was always between like 180 and 185. Mm -hmm. I qualified, and then all of a sudden, I contacted people programming and their training regimen, how much volume I was doing. I went down to like 175. I competed at 175 at the games, and I was super conditioned. My strength had gone down quite a bit. Right. But uh, that year, losing 10 pounds will do that too. Though. Yeah, it did, man. But uh, that year, um, there were some strength things for sure. But most of CrossFit is is it's an endurance event, really. Yeah. I mean, there's some short spurts. <laughs> events sprint type events and then there's some strength events but i mean it's endurance in a sense that it's a five-day grueling event and so that became more priority than how strong i was right what are your this is a total random question but what are your tips on on recovery yeah um the, the same typical ones that people would say like well i think carbohydrates are under eaten especially if people are doing a lot of volume so you need to be eating a lot of that um uh, depending on what you're doing um so if you love carbs work out a lot <laughs> uh like it, if you really love them um, specific kind of carbs or uh well shitty carbs yeah, yeah like when i was any, competing any and all, huh? i needed i needed anything you know what i tried to avoid when i was competing was um just shitty fats um uh, but other than that, it was eat anything I want. Um, because with what I was doing, I, I needed reason. Yeah. Um, so uh, that and sleep. Like I remember when I was when I had qualified, I was like, all right. <clears throat> Before I had qualified, I was getting like maybe six or seven hours of sleep at night just because I like to go to bed late. And I don't know, I just stayed up late. Um, <clears throat> and so then once I qualified, I was like, all right, sleep's a big deal. So I, got, I tr made it a priority to get like eight or nine hours of sleep. 
Um, so eating well, sleeping well, um, I think <clears throat> those are going to be more important than supplement. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Tell us about uh, your your newest business venture, or what's you know either what's next for CrossFit Apollo. Do you mm-hmm. plan on expanding, and also dip into your your newest venture? Yeah. Or um, ventures plural. I'm not sure what, what you got. Well, it's you know it's one focus um, outside of Apollo, and that is Habitat. But kind of on that note, as far as expanding here, no desire. Really? Yeah, I like <clears throat> one location. For the same reason, Qual- like, quality over quantity. Yeah, but it's also like what I enjoy. Like I don't want to become a business manager of multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. And it comes back to that same question of someone's interested in getting into like the fitness industry and they want to open up their own gym. Well, mm-hmm. we'll know what you will enjoy doing, and I know I won't enjoy having multiple locations um, because now you're not a part of any community. You're splitting time between two. Yeah, and you lose more. Yeah, no one knows who you are anymore. Mm-hmm. You know and. And uh, that true. Would, would, Does that sound familiar, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> All my customers are like, "That Nick guy's never here." Yeah, he sure ain't. You know. <laughs> yeah, it did. It, it's so zero desire to do that. Granted, I did look into it. We had negotiated multiple times for different locations, and we we're like, "Hey, let's do this. This is the next thing." Everyone's doing it. A lot of guys in our community, like the Jason Kalipas, the the Zach Forrest, they were all opening up multiple locations, and and we were successful. So that's what we should do. And, yeah. and you know, Apollo uh, South. Yeah, Apollo South. Like it was, it was almost a thing. And so we were like, it didn't feel right. It felt forced, and so mm. we stopped. And I, it was a good decision. Love that we didn't do it. Mm. Um, so what we plan on doing here is just continue to make this better and better. Yeah. Um, maybe we get more square footage, you know, if we push down a wall, if we can, but otherwise, like I want to make this the best CrossFit gym experience in the world. And that's my goal. Um, and what's crazy about that is that won't make me any more money. Like we're about at capacity here. And so it's not even about that. It's, it is, it's, it's as much as about like loving where I'm at and where I'm working as much as it is job security. If I think the best business owners are paranoid, right? And so if I'm not continuing to try to make this a better product, whether that's facility or the coaches or whatever, um, then uh, I feel like they're going to leave. I mean, right. it's going to do it better down the street. Yeah. yeah. And but so that's a big part of it. The whole, if it's, if it's not getting better, it's getting worse. Yeah. There's no such thing as maintaining. Yeah. I think so. Tony Robbins says, fall in love with your customer, not your product, mm-hmm. you know? So like as their as their needs are changing, you know, some people fell in love with this iPhone 10, you know, and then bam, obsolete or, you know, any kind of phone is a great example. TV still got the 10. Yeah, I still got the 10. Yeah, yeah me too, man. Nothing <laughs> yeah. wrong with the 10. Yeah, yeah. Also, you got a home button though. But I did. I know you, <laughs> you got, got a home, home button. button. <laughs> what the hell is this? What thing? is that? Yeah, what is thumb this? scan? What yeah, is that? Exactly. If my if my phone if my face can't get me logged into my online banking, there's a problem. You yeah, know? yeah like, that's true. Like, logging in with my you know, password is ridiculous. Outdated. What is this? What is this fucking peasantry? You know, but uh, no, I did compare the. This is a total tie tangent, but I did compare the cameras like side yeah. by side, and I was just like, oh my goodness, is like, it that significant? Super, yeah. And then I thought the ten had a great camera. Yeah, I thought so. I was comparing it to my my friend who just got one, and I mean, it just locks in like it locks into the people's faces, and it just like, oh man, it's actually, it's just good for the camera. <laughs> you know what? Apple's gonna sponsor this. Yeah, podcast. I like, yeah. I was like, this just became an Apple commercial. God it's damn. just good for the camera, though, man. Talk about um, Habitat. Okay, so Habitat. Uh, oh, one, it's an online-based company where we teach health and wellness. Okay. Um, our um, our motto was healthy, happy, fit. Um, 
And so essentially, um, I guess, let me go backwards as far as why we created it. So every year here at the gym, January starts to come around and everyone's looking for like a challenge to do. They're like, hey, let's do a paleo challenge. Let's do Whole30, let's do macros, let's do something. Everyone's excited. And so every year we have this, we had this obligation of like, all right, what are we gonna do? And it became so stressful of like, all right, what are we, what are we gonna plan and, and organize and um, together for our members so that way they can get this challenge, nutrition challenge to start off the year. And um, there's three problems with that. One is that the business side of it was never profitable. Um, I'll come back to that, but that's not the biggest influence. There's two problems with every challenge that we ever did. One is that it was solely nutrition focused. Um, and we believe that is such a small part of like healthy living is what you're eating. It's not just what you're eating, it's how much you're eating, it's exercise, it's water, it's sleep, it's a pursuit of happiness. Um, and so, um, so that was one big issue, it's nutrition focused only. The other issue was that all challenges that we ever did was too much too quick. It was like, hey, here's the things you need to do, now go do all of it, right? Your whole 30, and if you mess up once in these 30 days, then you got to start over. What's what's the point? You no, know? and uh, none of it felt sustainable. And so we decided to uh, start our own online program um, called Habitat, and our goal is to focus on all um, essential habits to a happy life. Like I said, it's exercise, it's nutrition, it's portions, water, and it's, and it's uh, sleep. Um, but we do it in a way that we introduce one or two of those habits at a time every two weeks. And then we build two weeks later. Then we build two weeks later over a 10-week period. We feel like that, a slower transition into a healthy lifestyle is going to give us longevity. And did it this last year. Uh, uh, over 100 people do our program last year. Small group, but it was a proof of concept. And once we once we got such positive feedback from this group of people, um, we decided, hey, we're all in. So uh, we launched our new website in January. We're right. That's going to be awesome, man. Take level. Okay. How can our uh, listeners get more information on that? What Do you have an Instagram for it, or do you have... Yeah, uh, the well, habitap.com. Okay. It's habitap.com. Uh, habitap. Um, and so <laughs> they go there. They can kind of read about it. Um, and then from there, if they wanted to get in, um, we'll have a our next challenge will be 8 January. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, anyways, super excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people need that. You know, <laughs> yeah, dude. It's Especially for sustainable results, which is what you're all about. Well, I mean, I, if you think about it, like, I, what we created this program in, in another sense too is because most people like in our conversations with people no one just at the end of the day like it's superficial on, on, on the surface of it people look or when you talk to them it, it seems like they just want to lose weight or they just want to look good but it's so much deeper than that yeah. right like if it, there's so many people I talk to where it's it is it's not just about um, just about the aesthetics of things most people struggle like emotionally or mentally with how they view they're doing in their life. And so um, our program dives into those things and, and, and hopefully people uh, finish the 10 weeks feeling just like a better person. Ah, I dig it. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. One of my last questions um, as we get close to wrapping up here is you're new to the family game, you know, yeah. the, the fatherhood game. How do you balance out health, your own health, family entrepreneurship and life and everything in between yep. so I know for us it's a never-ending struggle obviously but what are how do you how do you tackle that uh, one is uh, I'm not great at it and anyone that says they are they're lying so it's it is a constant battle I, someone told me the other day I was talking to someone it's like a 
life is like a stool with legs, right? And each leg represents something. There's there's your career, and then there's hobbies, right? And so there's at no point is that chair going to be right. It's always going to wobble one Ever. direction, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so. We, we all do our best to try to balance the three as much as we can so we can um, sit on a balanced chair. But um, it's tough, man. I think biggest thing I try to do is I just try to segment, right? Segment. So when I'm at home, I'm at home. When I'm here, I'm here. And then um, when I'm working out, I'm working out, right? I'm not answering text messages. I'm not doing anything. I'm not talking, you know, too much. Like when it's my time to work out, it's my time to work out. Um, and... Uh, and so, like, when I'm with my kid, I try to put my phone away. Sometimes it creeps back in. Yeah. Uh, but you just do your best to just separate the different parts of your life so you can really put everything each of them. Just being as present as possible. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's hard, though, man. It is really hard. Yeah. yeah. These, these things, they're easy to pull you away, too. Yeah. yeah. Talking about phones. I've been all about risk lately on my phone. <laughs> what? <laughs> all the, uh, game, the little man. game? <laughs> <laughs> my wife gets so pissed. Anyways, <laughs> see, I, I just end up playing pool with with my fiance on my phone. Oh so yeah, that's, yeah, that's what we do. There you go, <laughs> family time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Quality time. It's a love language, right? You know? Exactly. <laughs> well, I think that's all the questions I've got, Miller. Yeah, uh, Chad, thank you so much for for taking some time out of your day and spending a Saturday afternoon with us. Um, where can we? Where can people find you on Instagram? Uh, well, I'm basically like we were talking about. I don't, I don't really get on Instagram or social cool. media too much, but but it's there. Uh, it's yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do have my personal one, but I think the one that I want to put is Abitap score life mm-hmm. uh, the tap cool. is on our instagram post there occasionally um but uh, that's i guess where you could find so if you want to see chad you got to come down to apollo instead yeah just come yeah. here come i'll to talk the- to you i'll <laughs> talk your ear off hey well you guys heard it on the podcast he really focused on his customer he really focuses on the relationships and he focuses on results so if you guys want to come to a good quality power uh power i said that shit earlier CrossFit gym. <laughs> we do powerlifting too. Yeah. Okay, we there do we it go. All. Yeah. If you want to come to the best CrossFit gym in Las Vegas, come over here to CrossFit Apollo. It is on the north side of town, all the cross streets, 215 in Buffalo. Yeah. 215 Buffalo. Um, you know, I went to Shadow Ridge and it's like, and Arbor View. It's like kind of like in that Arbor View ish, Centennial ish area. So. Just Google it. Just Google it. <laughs> uh, follow him on CrossFit Apollo. That you have an Instagram for for your yeah, gym too, right? So CrossFit Apollo Instagram. We post on there probably an average of once every three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Zero marketing, man. Yeah, man. So that's how you know he's present with his clientele, guys. So he's not even on social media. <laughs> What does that say about you, Nick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, it doesn't mean I don't follow people, and I follow you, and I actually really enjoy your stuff. So okay, cool. But it's, don't, don't it's all good. <laughs> yeah, man. No, we appreciate you, bro. Yeah. Um, man, lots of lots of good quality bombs from a business owner standpoint, from a health and wellness standpoint. So thank you for um, allowing us to interview you, and uh, I think that's all we've got, guys. Yeah, Thanks for should. listening. Right. Thanks, man.